You are now tuned in to DAR Sports Media, the Superstar Sizzler NBA preview, where we're going to have a ton of people coming through doing short segments on NBA teams that they are familiar with, thoughts on the offseason, thoughts on the projections, uh, thoughts on their placement in the conference. We are kicking things off with two of our biggest media markets, two of the biggest teams that have the most interest. With two of our most regular contributors, Mr. Sports, Jeff Axel, the Axe Man, and then after him up will be Tay of Tay's Hot Takes, LLC. We're starting off with the Celtics and the Knicks. Axe, we got you on board here. Go ahead and give us a rundown. Boston Celtics. Going to be a big year, big acquisition the other day. Yeah, I was pretty surprised that uh, we had picked up Drew Holiday. But we definitely needed a point guard, needed somebody to take the ball out of the Jays' hands whenever we get a little stagnant in the fourth quarter. Um, another defender, a good replacement for Marcus Smart. Um, he has better dribble penetration, better on the smaller, quicker guards. Ashley can distribute better, um, can shoot better than Marcus Smart. So he's a good pickup. I feel like it helps out with the intensity, actually having a veteran. Um, Holiday pickup was needed. The Porzingis pickup, I feel, gives us a front court option. He has to remain healthy, but he's second in the league in um, percentage in the low post, and he shoots 40% from the three-point line on six attempts per game. One of the only players in NBA history to average two three-pointers made in 1.5 blocks in the same season multiple times. So his versatility is going to play a big factor in what the Celtics do. Um, I've been seeing videos of Jason Tatum. He's been attacking mid-range more. He has Sam Cassell on the staff now. So he's been saying that he also worked out with Paul Pierce for four weeks over the offseason. So hopefully he's been taking pointers from him on attacking to the basket more, like using his body control instead of fading away as much. I don't want to see as many sidestep contested threes. He needs to diversify his game more. And um, hopefully Jalen can get better with the left. I seen a video today I wasn't really too thrilled about. But um, hopefully he can get better dribbling in traffic, using his court vision. Um, this is a big year. Derek White, he's going to have to step up, potentially be a six-man. Um, need O'Shea Brissett and Lamar Stevens to step up to replace Grant Williams. Um, hopefully Sam Hauser and Svee Makolu. I fucked his last name up. Everybody knows who Svee is. Not everybody, but Peyton Pritchard, hopefully they can shoot because we traded a lot of bench production in order to get Drew Holiday. So it's intriguing to see who steps up off the bench because we have a good balance of young and old. Maybe Jordan Walsh, the rookie, can contribute a little bit. I'm a little bit concerned about the front court depth, though. Trading Robert Williams the third hurts. That's why I miss more than anybody. Not really thrilled with Luke Cornett. I don't like the signing of Wayne and Gabriel. I feel like he's okay, but we need more big man presence than that because Al Horford in the regular season, he um sits on back-to-back -back games. He doesn't play back-to-back -back games. So I'm not really thrilled with that. But I do believe Porzingis is going to play at a high level with the two Js. And I think Drew Holiday is good at pushing the pace to where we won't blow as many double-digit leads as we have the past couple seasons. 
Because that was a major problem they had. I like that they didn't stand pat, that they, you know, they saw the moves being made. They saw the Milwaukee Bucks trying to pull up on them. And they said, got you. We'll fucking match. Una reverse. How about this? Added Drew. Do you have them at the top of the conference? I do. I do. Worst, the Celtics are going to finish are the two seed. You, they most likely will finish the one seed. I still feel like Milwaukee didn't address their issue of lack of athleticism on the wings. Like they're depending on Boss Man ninety nine, Malik Beasley to defend the wings. Like Boss Man ninety nine, Jay Crowder has no lateral quickness. Like it's the reason they got cooked by any athletic wing last season. Jimmy Butler averaged what thirty nine against him in the playoffs last year. The two Jays averaged thirty five points a game against him last year in the regular season matchups. They don't have an answer for that. I understand they improved with Dame, but that just improves offensive floor space. And they took a step back defensively. Plus, the Bucks coach was saying Chris Middleton's not even practicing yet. He's doing like three-on-three drills and stuff because he hasn't recovered from the knee surgery yet. So not overly concerned with the Bucks, to be honest with you. Giannis is going to get his points. He's going to push off, get them offensive fouls. He'll get his 30 and 12. But do I fear that team? Absolutely not. We play Brooke Lopez off the floor all the time because we got Chris Asporzingis and Al Horford to stretch the floor. Brooke Lopez is in the factor against the Celtics. It's the reason we consistently beat them. Damn near season swept them last year. Well, keep them brooms ready. Celtics to the top. That's from Axe, Jeff Axel. We'll be right back with Tay with the New York Knicks. Brooklyn. All right, we're back in here with Tay from Tay's Takes LLC. He's covering the New York Knicks for this big Superstar Sizzler series for our NBA preview. Tay, New York Knicks, a little bit, hopefully, back to relevancy. Maybe are we going to make the playoffs? Are we going to have the garden rocking again? Tell me about how you feel about them coming in and where they place in the conference. Um, I really, I like the Knicks a lot. You know, I like the, um, we didn't do much in the offseason. We did get Dante DiVincenzo, but I feel like that's all we really needed. Like for now, we got, we got like, about eight picks in the next three years, so there still is a trade for a big player if need be. And um, yeah, our GM has said like he's seen the players available for trade, but just you know, just just waiting on the right moment to to you know, go in and make the move. But I I pretty much this is a great roster. Like I think the Knicks got one of the best benches in the league. Like. You got the the uh six man of the year runner up who I think should want should have won the six man of the year award. You got uh DiVincenzo. you got Josh Hart if we start him or not. You got Isaiah Hartenstein, like these guys just like they give their all every night on the floor. And that's that's what I like about our bench. Our bench is just they just fight so hard. And of course, we got uh we got RJ. RJ really impressed me in the playoffs last year. RJ gets a lot of slander, 
but he showed up. He definitely showed up against Cleveland. And he, he had some good games against Miami, too. And uh, Julius Randle, now, I think Julius Randle is the only problem for the Knicks. I, I honestly think he's holding the Knicks back. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of feel I, feel I feel bad for Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson is special. Like, I think Jalen Brunson is, is very underrated. Like, I don't think he gets respected in these, these point guard lists. Jalen Brunson is like that. He can do it. Anything like all playoff long, no matter who wasn't doing anything, he was doing something. He had the ball all game. Like just, it all really worked out. It was a little bit of a you know a laughing point. All that they they how over the top they went for Jalen Brunson, mm-hmm. but then when he got there, he ended up being everything that they could have hoped for and more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That's the best contract in the NBA right now. Like that is the best contract, and we got a. He'll be an all NBA player this season. We got an all NBA player for what 30 million a year. Jalen Brunson contract is the best contract in the NBA by far. You got you see these these guys that they can't dribble with their left hand getting paid eight hundred billion dollars. Like, no, we don't do that here. We got we got great contracts in New York. Yeah, I I just the Knicks are in great shape. I just I want to explore a trade option for Julius Randle. I feel like if it was Jeremy Grant, it'd make the team way better. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Julius Randle just doesn't fit. Like you know, when he's not on, he's not on. It just brings down the whole team. Like you could just see it. Like it, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why he can't do it when it comes to the playoffs. Like you know, he's only he's one handed as well, which is unfortunate. You know, he only has his left hand. He only has certain moves. You know what he's going to do. He could double team him from behind, uh, tap the ball out. You know, like, I just don't – I don't think with Julius Randle as your second best player, you're going to really do that well. Like, Julius Randle isn't the guy that needs help. He's more so of the the helper. Like, you send Julius Randle to the team to help you out. Not the – you don't bring – someone for Julius trying to help him out because that's that's not he's not that good of a player. Um yeah I just think I think RJ Barrett needs more of a role rather than uh Julius Randle. I really like RJ again. Like I said it once I was saying I really liked him in the playoffs last year. He's taking a shot very confident. He's playing great defense. I mean yeah I, I feel like this team's floor I mean, the team four is the playoffs for me. I don't, I don't see a playing season. No, not with. I think, I think our roster is too good for that. The, the, the bench is exceptional. There's no way Knicks missed the play. It would have to be like some crazy injuries, like, and even then, like, the, the, they'll get to the playing. Like that's the absolute floor. The Knicks is the, is the, is the playoffs. And I think the ceiling. I didn't explain myself. I think the ceiling is the conference finals. Like, it almost happened last year. Like, I'm not – the Heat just outmatched us. Like, the Heat, that should have been – that should have been a one series for me. Like, we just couldn't shoot the ball. Like, that, that's that's just what it was. I mean, we had Josh Hart out there, couldn't shoot. Joyce Randall, couldn't shoot. You know, both our centers can't shoot. Only person that could shoot was RJ and Jalen Brunson. That's not how you win games. The Heat, you know, they were they, – they had – generational efficiency from the three-point line. So, you know, you can't really beat that. But 
yeah, I I definitely think get the standings go by again. We get another heat rematch in the second round. I can see it next in the in the, uh, in the conference finals because I don't know. Like I'm not scared of the Cavs at all. Are you for they, the Cavs? Did get better, but I'm not scared of the Cavs at all. Um, not worried about the Bucks either. Like I feel the same as Jeff. Not worried about the Bucks. I'm 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 not. I'm not, I'm not really worried about the Bucks. Um, yeah, I think it's just Boston. That's about it. It's the only team, honestly, that I'm like, uh, like I'm kind of worried. The Sixers are are done. I mean, like they don't make the playoffs. You know how to get. But I'm not really worried about the Sixers. I'm only worried about Boston. That's about it. Like, I don't know. I just think just as the the, the Knicks just come together, just just play team basketball. Like that. That's that's really what it is. Like. In conference finals, I was I was saying it last year. It was it was almost there, but you know, when everyone doesn't come to play, you can only go but so far. But I feel like full effort, get everyone, you know, everyone out there, we get some three point shooters this season. Yeah, I think the team can go to the uh conference finals. Wow. Conference finals wow. Knicks. You heard it oh, here. Yeah. You heard the shock behind it. That's Tay with the Conference Finals Knicks. We will have our next team rolling up next. I'm up early with my nigga don't say a dope after night time. Little chop blades on the hoop is moving dope through the pipeline. PMC bitch, holla at your bitch, now your bitch on my team. Gotta buy a stick and green. Lay some with a mythazine. Now we are back in here with a very special guest coming to us all the way from Big Texas. I do have to say too, uh True told me I'm not allowed to call this the superstar sizzler spectacular anymore. Okay. It is <laughs> It is the DAR Invitational. That's what this big event we're running is called. Uh, with me for our Spurs rundown is the co-host of My Point Is with Rob Wilkins on the Fightful YouTube and Twitch. He is a writer for The Ringer. He is the host of the South Congress podcast. It is Seahawk Cam Hawkins here to tell us about one of the more storied boy, especially if you're a '90s kid. One of the more storied and prolific franchises in the NBA. We're talking about the San Antonio Spurs. Cam, what can we expect from the Spurs this year? What should we know about them? What are your expectations? Well, number one, games on TV again. Um, that's it's been a little while, man. You know, uh, after after. After Kawhi was gone, them Christmas games stopped. <laughs> them holiday games we weren't playing those on TV. They'll be back now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I think um, you know, with uh with the draft, with the drafting of Victor Wimanyama, um, that's gonna change a lot. Um, you know, the kid is all world, you know, best prospect since whoever you put out there, all eyes on him, super unique game. But you know. One thing I've I've done way more as an adult than a kid is actually go to these games. I went to a Boston game last year. San Antonio almost won it at the end. Of course, this is pre-Wemby, but I like what these kids are doing, man. They didn't have a great record last year, but they really, really 
they did fight. Um, there was no quit in them. I love this young core, um, you know, outside of Wemby. You got Jeremy Sochan, who, um, you know, is he Dennis Rodman? No, but, um, you know, he kind of emulates that there's effort there. There's rebounding, there's defense, and the kid can score. Um, so between him, Devin Vassell, um, you know, Trey Jones, I'm really excited to see what they do with this young core. You know, we had a couple of guys in their 30s, you know, Doug McDermott, you know, 31. Um, but for the most part, this roster is between 19 and 25. Um, so very, very, very young core. Um, I think Keldon Johnson continues to get better this year. Um, I would love if, especially after what he did in the tournament last year, if Serge Barry Rice like really got some run, because I think he's going to be a really good scorer in the league. And then, of course, you know, I feel like Wimby's going to step in. That's 20 points a game, man. And having a guy who's scoring 20 because he's supposed to, not because he's scoring 20 by default because somebody has to have it, that's going to make everybody else better. You got guys who really, really hustle on defense. And having a guy who's a difference maker on offense, I think it's going to be really, really fun. I have not looked into tickets yet this season, but I can imagine they shot up. <laughs> it ain't going to be 2025 to get good seats anymore. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. But again, specifically, I really like the effort of the young core. Um, as much as I love DeJounte Murray, as good as he was, I don't know if he really fit what they were trying to put together. Um, and God bless him. I hope he does great in Atlanta and does great in everything that he does. But I really like the fight. I really like the hurry, the hustle in these young guys. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it. So uh, you uh, put out there, you know, expectation Wemby, 20-point player. So you were happy with the way that he, because, you know, the last time we saw big headlines about Wimby was was that first pre preseason game. Uh, so yeah. I'm guessing that you were happy with what else you saw uh, recovering yeah. from that. You know, headlights, man. That was that was that the biggest stage so far. Game two, he bounced back and looked really good. I think that, um, you know, you, you I and other people have existed on social media so much. It's just like we review albums. Is it classic or is it trash? Like, it has to be one or the other. No, I think he's going to be fine, man. Um, you know, the Spurs have never missed on a top 15 pick. Um, so they know exactly what they're doing and who they're doing it with. Um, I think everybody who's been a top 15 pick for the Spurs in the last 30 years, they're all Hall of Famers. Um, you know, I think Kawhi is definitely going to get there. But, yeah, man, um, no, no, no worries. Um, listen, I survived – the 2013 NBA finals. I will never worry about basketball ever again, whether it works or it doesn't, but um, I think it's going to work out just fine. I think that with this young core, with an all world talent, you jump back into playoff contention in a couple of years. Um, I think that we're looking, you know, at being around the play in because um, we've been there with, I think a worse team on paper. And so, yeah, I think that I don't have any worries. I think my expectations are high, but um, I think that they are rooted in knowing who coaches this team, knowing who's in management, and knowing the players that they put on the court. So yeah. So what's the uh, what's the expectation? Are are, are we going to get a a playing team here, or I'm going to say thirty to thirty five wins. I don't know if that equates to a play in this year it depends on what everybody else does but i think this is a 35 win team by virtue of having because you know they they like you didn't have a great record last year 
You had guys who were playing hard. We're talking about losing a bunch of games, you know, by single digits. And so you introduce somebody who's basically unguardable, learning how to play in this league. Um, yeah, I think 30 to 35 wins is, is solid. I think that the play-in's a possibility, but um, year two, year three, I think they're definitely looking at um, being one of those lower-seeded playoff teams or being right there in the play-in. Well, Pam is our uh, Mr. Triple-Double around these damn parts, so we were super thankful to have him. Follow him at Seahawk on Twitter. If you somehow are listening to this and don't already – uh, and then you can find out of the about the myriad of things he has always has going on because it is always a lot. Thank you so much, Cam, for coming on here sharing about the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Absolutely, my brother. Go Spurs, go. We gonna let the band deal with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. M.I.A. style, <laughs> old school. Uh huh. I don't know if you guys all feel that out there, but things are heating up a little bit in this room here in the DAR Invitational because coming down next, we have a host of the Miami of a Miami Heat podcast slash YouTube channel. He is doing big things on the Florida wrestling scene. He is Ernest Alexander, and he is going to give us a rundown of what we need to know about the Miami Heat. Ernest, tell these people where they can find you and then show them why they need to come find you. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, YouTube is where my Miami Heat platform is. You can find me at uh, Miami Heat Talk. Um, I'm on Instagram. I got my wrestling page on there. Uh, they can find it with uh, Ernest underscore R underscore Alexander underscore the third. I know it's a little long, but when you type Ernest underscore R, I'm the first one that pops out. Um, why you need to be watching me? Because out of all of the Miami Heat podcasters out there, I don't care who they are, ain't nobody as fucking real as I am. Ain't nobody give the people the truth, and ain't nobody look at it from the fans' perspective. So you can watch Tobin, you can watch Five Reasons Sports, you can watch all that, guys, for like that regular journalistic vibe. But if you want the truth, if you want honesty, and if you want all that bullshit aside, come to Miami Heat Talk. All right, let us know. What do we need to know about the Heat going into this season, and what are they about to do? So, I know everybody right now is on basic panic mode because we didn't trade for Damian Lillard. But at the end of the day, when Damian Lillard's agent came out the day after he was traded to Milwaukee and said, it takes two teams to make a trade. Pat Riley, Andy Ellisberg, um, they did what they could to get Damian Lillard. But at the end of the day, Miami had two options. Portland either wanted Jimmy and Bam a part of the deal, or they wanted to fleece Miami like the Knicks did to Denver uh, back. Uh, well, yeah, the, what the Knicks did to Denver back in 2011 when they gave up all those assets for Carmelo Anthony. Pat Riley is smart enough to know that if he trades for Damian Lillard with Jimmy and Bam, you got two guys in your mid 30s, you got Bam, and then you got to build around that. You need a core, a core of role players around this team. So I know a lot of people are thinking it sucks we didn't trade for Lillard. And I agree with that as well. But 
This was a team that was three games away from winning an NBA championship. We have the best playoff performer in the NBA, Jimmy Butler. You got the best coach in the NBA, Eric Spolstra. You got one of the best two-way players in the NBA, Bam Adebayo, and you have a rising star in Tyler Hero and possibly Caleb Martin. So Heat fans, have no fear. Ernest is here. We got this. Miami Heat is poised for a breakout season. Who do you see as a you know breakout other than the obvious Jimmy Butler? Who do you see as you guys as breakout players? And what is your expectation for how far this team is going to go? Um, so, I mean, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who are they are. Um, with Tyler Hero, the only involvement you can see is in the scoring. You know, he's averaging 20 points a game. He can push it up to 25, 26. But in my opinion, the guy that's poised for a breakout season is Caleb Martin. And here's a few reasons why. He broke out in the Eastern Conference Finals and almost won the MVP. When he went to the NBA Finals in Denver, he was affected by the altitude. Dude was vomiting. He was having migraines for the first two games. He wasn't himself. He is on a contract year. He's in a player option, a three-year, $20 million contract. This is year two. He can opt out of this contract in the offseason and get fucking paid in the offseason. I don't think it's going to be Miami. If Caleb Martin has the breakout season I think he's going to have, it's going to be tough for Miami to bring him back. But when guys are in the final year of their contract, they have to play either mind. It's, it's an opportunity to get paid. So look at Caleb Martin to break out, but not just him. I see another guy who can potentially be the starting power forward towards the end of the season with Bam Adebayo, and that's Nikola Jovic. Dude broke out in the FIBA World Championship against full-scale NBA European players. He took that team, the Slovenian, the Slovenian team, to the FIBA Championship to win silver medal. Bro, that's something. So these are two guys that I see a very big deal. And then you got Jaime Jaquez. You don't know what to expect out of him. Are we back in the NBA championship or what kind of caliber do you see this team as this year? Look, man, the, the Miami Heat are the only team in the Eastern Conference that I call a boomer bust. You don't know where this Miami Heat team could be. They could be the eighth seed again and go to the and go to the NBA finals. They could be a play in team, but then they can also be the first seed. You don't know what this Miami Heat team is going to bring. Now, I will say this. Miami Heat is predicated on playoff. They want to get to the playoffs because that's where Jimmy Butler thrives. You're going to see a very pissed off Miami Heat team this season. You're going to see a team that's going to be playing for something. Not only did we not get Damian Lillard, but let's not forget these guys are also seeing all the bullshit and shade that's being thrown on them. I think that they're going to see that crap and they're going to say, bro, it's time to kick it to gear in the, in the during the regular season. And look, Jimmy Butler's not going to play 82, but this is a team where you have a lot of guys that can play multiple positions. Guys like Josh Richardson, Caleb Martin, Jaime Jaquez, Nikola Jovic, Tyler Hero. These are guys that can play point guard, shooting guard, small forward, some of them even power forward. So you have a lot of guys that are going to be Swiss Army knives. So during the regular season, right now on paper, in my opinion, Miami Heat are probably like possible to get third, second seed, maybe even first seed. We don't know what's going to happen with Milwaukee. On paper, Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo may be nice, but it's their first year together. So we don't know what to expect there. You don't know what's happening in Philly. Boston's upgraded. So I see Miami as top three this uh, coming into the playoffs. He is a young legend in our time and in the future. Florida wrestling scene, YouTube, IG. Check him the hell out. It is Ernest Alexander. Thank you for coming on here. Killing it. 
Thank you so much for having me, brothers. Appreciate you. We are back in here on the DAR Invitational. I'm not allowed to call it the Superstar Sizzler Spectacular anymore. It's the DAR Invitational. And we've got a with us to run down the NBA champion, Denver Nuggets. He is the man who runs the owner and proprietor, KM Scouting. He is Apollo. Apollo, tell us what we need to know about the Denver Nuggets, what you expect about for as a win total, and what you expect their ceiling to be uh, in this next NBA season. Um. So, as everybody knows, the Denver, the Denver Nuggets are the champions. Um, they had a, somewhat of a tour de force in the postseason. Um, now, I'll put it like this. They did lose they did lose some some pieces. Um the biggest one being uh, in my opinion Bruce Brown. Um they lost them to Indiana. Um I mean and let's be let's be honest Bruce came alive <laughs> in that postseason. Um and uh, they also lost uh, Jeff Green, uh, I believe and um those are like the, I guess the biggest notable names, right? It, it, um and uh, I think they'll still – I don't know. I think they'll still, of course, be formidable. They'll still be atop a the West. Um, I still got them being, I mean, the best team in the West, um, even with all the moves, uh, even with the moves with Phoenix and everything, uh, and, the move, and the moves with the Lakers, um, uh, to name a few. Um, uh, let's see, like uh, Jokic – Jokic is going to be on a tear again. Um, a lot of people, you know, everybody's commenting on the fact that it seems like he doesn't enjoy basketball, <laughs> like due, due to his comments and like, you know, how he's saying like he ain't had that much fun this summer and all that stuff. But um, let's not get it twisted. He's, I mean, he's the best in the world right now. Uh, Giannis is there right there with him, but um, Giannis has to prove that because he didn't look so good this past postseason. So, uh, let's just give credit where it's due. Uh, Jokic is the man. Um, I think he's going to dominate again. Everybody's making all these moves and stuff like that, trying to go hard. And I, I believe, and Jokic was just getting drunk all summer. It was kind of like when the uh, when the Capitals, if I can segue to NHL real quick, that's like the, when the Washington Capitals won the uh, the Stanley Cup a couple years ago, and Ovechkin. That's all you've seen photos and videos of him doing, just fucking getting drunk and plastered. So uh, that's how that's how Jokic was, and you know he deserved it. I mean he worked he worked hard, and hey, he uh, he dominated. Uh, Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray is probably the most underrated quote unquote co-star uh, in the league. Um, and I don't know if you can call it underrated anymore because he's a champion now, but still, um, he's still not getting talked about like that. Um, I mean we we can't forget what he did to the Lakers. Uh, I mean he 
what, 33-5 and what, something like he, whatever he did, he did it off of 50, 40, 90 splits. So it was crazy. Uh, I mean, you can only name like what Steph, LeBron, maybe Magic, and a couple of guys in that category that did more than him for that particular series in the conference finals. So that 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 was that was great uh, for what he what he did. Um, and they they still got all their starters back. Uh, the starting five: uh, KCP, uh, Murray, Jokic, Aaron Gordon, and um. And uh, who else? Um, who, who's 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 the uh? You're asking the wrong guy. You're the NBA oh, guys, and I'm the NFL guy. <laughs> Michael Porter, Mike, Michael Porter, uh, um, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, and he and he recently just got hurt in, in training camp. Uh, I think he sprained his ankle or something, something like that. But um, but yeah, his ankle. So uh, I mean, hopefully he'll be good uh in, in time for the preseason and um everything. But um, I like I said, I, I see them. I see them still winning at least about, let's say about fifty, fifty-two, but between fifty-two and fifty-four games. Um, and um, I don't know. I I think I think I think because they know how to win now, that they're gonna learn how to take it easy because um. Mary and, and Jokic, they was talking about like how tired they were because they're not used to taking, uh, you know, playing all those extra minutes because they got that deep in the postseason last year. So um, they they really gotta, I guess, learn how to scale it back. That way, that you know, they're uh, having proper energy and ample energy for throughout the course of the season. Um, so I I think I think overall. The Nuggets are still going to be good. They're still going to be formidable. Uh, Christian Brown, he came on last year. Uh, he did good in the postseason, so I think he's just going to build upon that. Uh, was we'll the rookie that they got? Um, forgot the kid's name, but he um, uh, I mean he he could be formidable. Well, I mean, we'll see. Um, but they're going to be re- they're going to be relying on a lot of their young guys, especially like on the bench, um, because like I said, a lot of their depth um had departed. Um, during the off season, so um, but but uh, they're just too talented, you know. Where it's where it's not really going to matter as far as the win totals. And I still see them being, I still see them making. I mean, I, I now I don't know Eric if I'm jumping the gun if you're going to ask me about you know the championship and all that next, but I, I can at least see them making the conference finals again. So getting rid of some of that depth, it doesn't concern you as far as their sailing of being a championship contender, top five team in the league? No, because at the end of the day, while depth is a big thing, it's more so highlighted in the postseason to me. That's when you really, that's when you really got to rely on those, on those bench guys. Because at that at that point your starters are going to be tired, you know. But so they're going to need co-stars. They're going to need you know guys to help them out when it counts. So during the regular season, especially early in the season, you know the, the depth it doesn't it doesn't bother me um too much. But um this is this is as long as the young guys step up and I mean so far you know throughout the training camp uh the blurbs that I heard from training camp, I mean. Everything looks okay. Uh, the 
what was it? Uh, Peyton Watson. That's the kid. That's I forgot his name. That's the kid that I was thinking about. Um, he's got bigger. He's he added more muscle. He's so he's a little more solid. He's a little more physical. That's going to be good because they're going to need that. They're going to need everybody to contribute, you know. And um, I think I think they'll be good. It doesn't concern me that much right now, but um, you know, maybe when it comes to postseason, it might be a little of an issue. But I but I would have expected the landscape to look different. The landscape in the NBA should look totally different by the time the postseason runs around. So, and that could be an advantage for uh, for Denver. Well, one advantage for Denver is they had our man, Shaka Sapalo, giving the rundown on their preview. Uh, thank you for joining us, my guy. We are going to be right back with podcast host extraordinaire, Sean D, running down his teams. Thanks again, Apollo. Thank you, brothers. Now, I hope everyone is ready to catch the buzz, feel the sting. Next up in the DAR Invitational, we've got our guy, podcast host extraordinaire, and our Carolina representative. Yes, He's going to tell us all about these Charlotte Hornets swarming out of the nest. Sean, what do we need to know about these Charlotte Hornets? Come, a very interesting team, honestly, on from, from my perspective. Um what do we need to know about these Charlotte Hornets and where are they headed this year? I mean, honestly, I feel like with Charlotte this year, I feel like they'll be a, a borderline playoff team. They should be able to make the play in. They're a good young team. They have plenty of decent scores like LaMelo Ball. He can give you 20. Terry Rozier can give you 20. Miles Bridges, depending on what shape he comes back in after that season-long suspension, and he gets like 10 games also. He could give you 20. Uh, so the scoring punch should be fine. I believe Gordon Hayward should still be able to give you a decent, semi-efficient 14, 15 points. And I love the coach. You know, as a Hornets fan, he's been the most successful coach that we've had in the last 10 years easily. You know, he's the one that has led, gave us all of our playoff appearances since 2010, even though it's only two of them. But thing I love about Steve Clifford's teams is they're good at defense. Like, I know, I believe, three or four of the years he was in Charlotte, they were a top-10 team defensively as far as defensive rating. Um, I love what they did in the draft. Brandon Miller and uh, <laughs> Brandon Miller and, um, and uh, Nick Smith, I think that's his name, from Alabama. Absolutely, yep. I love those choices. Uh, I believe Brandon Miller, he can maybe become like a – I don't want to say Paul George because that's that's too high of a reach right now. But he's that type of player. And now he has time where he doesn't have to be the leading scorer with LaMelo, Rozier, uh, Miles Bridges. Depending on the kid from Alabama, you know, he can shoot the lights out. So 
it's all on health this season, in my opinion. You know, I can see them being as high as like sixth. I can't see them being top five just because Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, maybe New York. Correct me if I'm forgetting anyone. Maybe Miami. Yeah, Miami. Well, I'm iffy on Miami. So, yeah, they could be like top six. Um, I think the player to watch out for is Mark Williams, seven-foot guy. I believe he'll be a good defensive presence for Charlotte, and he'll help turn that defense around. And he'll be a good pick-and-roll guy with LaMelo, especially with Miles Bridges running the rim. Like the first 10 games with Miles Bridges being out, I believe it'll be like a, a kind of a struggle because that's, like I said, that's a 20-point-per-game guy right there. So you have to find someone to uh, make up for that scoring punch. It's not easy to score 20 in the league, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially at a efficient clip. But I really love the coach. Like, I love Steve Clifford. I see what he did with Orlando. Like, three out of four years he was there. No, two out of four years he was there. They made the playoffs. And they were also top 10 defensive defensive rating. And I believe, like, as far as defensive points per game, they were still in that top 10 range. So, he's a good defensive coach. He comes from the Van Gundy bunch. Jeff Anstan, who was their assistant for a long time. But as far as the future, I believe this season would be the season that could turn Charlotte into the next Sacramento, OKC, Minnesota, those teams. If they could perform well, you know, around 40 games, 40 to 45, that's if they're real lucky to win 45, I believe they could become a free agent destination for journeyman that's still kind of good and also above average players that's looking for like big time money but well, not big time money but mid-level money i believe there'll be this will be the first season of that now, i don't believe them to make any noise of course because a lot of their money is tied up Lamelo got like a 260 million dollar deal this year and i believe bridges got 200 million and they signed pj washington he's my glue guy for the team you know, he can he is a small ball center and he can shoot a decent amount. So Charlotte should have uh floor spacing as well. Forgot to add that. But they'll be a younger side of the team. If you have NBA League pass, that'll be your team to watch right there. They'll be oh, your yeah. youngest side. Uh but the thing that scares me the most about Charlotte is the injury bug. Last couple of seasons, I believe LaMelo has missed He's missed a good chunk of the seasons. You know, Miles Bridges, he's already missing 10 games off rip. Then you have Kai Jones. I don't think he's going to be on the team anytime soon with the antics he has going on. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Antics is the way to put it. <laughs> it is. It's, I don't get it. But I love, I love the team that they have. They're a good young team. They'll give the great teams a, a big run for their money. It won't be blowouts like it was this past season. And I love the fact that they ended the season 500 as far as, like, the last 24 games. I believe they went 12-12. and 12. And considering that they only won 27 games all year, that's a, a big improvement right there, you know what I'm saying? So, you have any questions for me? I feel like I, I covered everything. No, no, you covered everything, man. We're uh, we're appreciative of, of you jumping on here and giving us that rundown. I agree. Uh, them and the Thunder probably be two of my favorite league pass teams next year. Um, so absolutely, we highly appreciate 
Sean D coming by, giving us a run on the Carolina. What's going on down there? Charlotte Hornets. Thanks Thank a ton, you, man. man. I, thanks for having me. She got a buddy named SB12. Now you know the deal. We get freaky in the studio late night. That's why the beats that you hear coming real tight. Something to roll to, something to stroll to. If you's a player in the game, this a hold you. More money, more money for the bankroll. Stick to the script, don't slip in the nine fold. A lot of fools put salt in the game to where these women get the rolling in next to run down the former and maybe soon to be once again champion. Golden State Warriors. It's our guy. He of the coldest bars ever dropped on this NBA pod. He of Eclipse Theory Game Podcast. It is powerhouse. Peagle. Peagle. Tell us what we need to know about the Golden State Warriors going into this season. Who is going to emerge? And what are your expectations for this team this year? I mean, for me, the biggest thing that that we really got to pay attention to is kind of something that everybody else has dismissed because of the Jordan Poole trade and it's the idea of the two timelines because it still exists. Kaminga's still there. Moody's still there. Um, they, they got Tracy. I don't see any reason for that team to go, we're just going to go all in on a bunch of old guys. You bring in some veteran leadership to help out with that, obviously. But there's still the pieces there to go into the future once your core guys are gone. The issue is whether or not Steve Kerr is going to be willing to let these dudes develop on the court as the season goes on. So the biggest thing for me is how Kaminga does this year. Because I thought last year he should have been kind of the missing piece when everybody could see that Jordan Poole was very clearly struggling after getting his jaw tapped. But of course, he wasn't getting playing time. If Kaminga gets like, 15 minutes on average in the playoffs last year, they probably go further. They might go back to the finals. But Kerr was just dead set on sitting dude. And I know he like he's got a rebound and stuff, but he's got a rebound. That's cool. You can rebound when you get in the damn game. Like you learn that as you go. It's like people say, How I'm gonna get a job with and get get experience. And you tell me I ain't got no experience to get the job. Be the motherfucking job. So I expect Kaminga to kind of take that next leap because they kind of have no choice. And I think that's the best part about the Jordan Poole trade. Like, I hate to see him go because, I mean, me and True saw that coming in 2020 when they won 15 games. We we saw the Jordan Poole thing happening. Yeah. So I fucked with him. I hate to see him go, but this is kind of the point where Kaminga really needs to step up because Dre, as great as he is defensively, has very clearly lost a step and can't go – as much as he used to go. CP3 is going to be that like leader of the second group. I don't give a fuck what he says. He's got to come off the bench. Like he's got to give up that, that idea of starting games and coming in and being the leader that Steph's team come off the bench, run it with the, the younger dudes. Like we talk about his pick and roll game and, that's another thing Kerr pissed me off about talking about we're going to run more pick and roll. Like Steph isn't probably the best pick and roll player in the league right now, but they're going to run that pick and roll game. You got all these young dudes. That's like West West coast lob city all over again. 
you get Kaminga in there with CP3 running pick and rolls because you know he's going to put on a little more weight in that weight room. Man, that that's a nasty second unit. And it takes yes, away sir. some of the turnover issues that they've been having because CP3, don't, he don't turn the ball. Like, that's that's not happening on his watch. So I'm excited to see that part of it. I expect them to start a little slow this year, probably like six and four in the first ten games. And then by the time all-star break rolls around and they get used to each other, provided everybody can stay relatively healthy, that's probably a top four seed in the West. I'm I'm going to jump in real quick, and I'm going to say I, I agree. I think the one thing that I think people are overlooking is that every first year of a team that Chris Paul joins, they have pretty good success. They at least expand on the success they had the year prior. Um, they went to OKC. They – I don't – I guess I can't really count that in particular because, you know, they, they ended up, like, making the playoffs. They shouldn't have made the playoffs, but they ended up making the playoffs – um, after they lost Russ and stuff like that. But, um, you know, when he went to Houston, teamed up with James Harden, who is, you know, was a, was a you know, pretty decent, you know, phenomenal score, as some people might say. Uh, and they ended up getting, you know, one win away from the finals uh, that first year that Chris Paul was there. And I don't think Golden State has a plan to keep, keep Chris Paul beyond one year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see that being the case. I think, honestly, Chris Paul should probably retire um, you know, uh, after this after this season, but I think this gives him the best chance to win a prior championship because he's dealing with he's a great passer. He's one of the greatest passers you probably ever see. He has uh, extremely ridiculous IQ. Um, the one thing, as much as you know, both Pico and I, we both appreciate and respect the Jordan Poole, especially when he would ball out. Uh, the one thing that Poole had an issue with was his IQ decision making. And, you know, handling the ball, he he had the handles, he could he could do this dribble, 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 you know, shit. but when it came time to actually get it done, he lost the ball, right? Like, we never, I never forget that game against, it was Utah, I wanted to say, it was Utah, and they were down, and they were up, and he brought the ball up, and all he had to do was hold the ball, and he tried to dribble, dribble through, boom, some extra lost, shit. lost the ball, and then they end up losing that game, so it's like, and pool, as much as people say pool won, the Golden State Warriors some games last year in the playoffs where she he helped he definitely did that uh, not last year the year before the championship year you know he helped against Denver and stuff like that but if you remember he he had his struggles against Memphis he had his struggles against Dallas too uh, he definitely had his struggles against the Celtics except for those you know that that one that one or two quarters where he would go off so these questions were already there it's just that people tend to forget the struggles he had in the playoffs because they won the championship and he got a bag. So, you know, for Chris Paul, Chris Paul is not going to be expected to go out there and get you 20, 25. And to be honest, they don't need that. If you can get Moody to get you 8 to 10 a game, maybe 11, you know what I'm saying, give him enough minutes, you can get Kaminga to go out there and give you 12 to 13. That's all they need. The, 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 the ceiling of the Warriors literally exists <laughs> um, on the back. It literally rises on the back of Steph staying healthy, Clay coming in, in, in into, into the season in shape, Chris Paul uh, understanding his role, sticking with his role, playing his role, and Moody and Kaminga's third-year leap. And there was some stat where I was like, you know, and, and Harrison Barnes and Draymond's third year, they won a championship. They both took some type of leap. Uh, I think it was Kevon Looney's third year. I think they said his third year, he, he, they won a championship. And, and Poole's third year, they won a championship. So it's, it's, it's J.K. and Moody now. So I think 
if everybody, if the old men can stay healthy and Kaminga can do what, like, I think Chris Paul going there was literally just for Kaminga. I really don't think they, they went and got him literally just to help Kaminga and Moody grow their games. Kaminga being the main one, because I think Kaminga has the most raw talent of everybody, out of everybody they, they got over there. They got some good guys over there. They got the, the white boy was Pods. Uh, yeah, Brandon I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much I don't know how much run he was he's gonna get uh this season. But um, you know, they, they got some good young guys there for the future. You sent a couple guys down to the G League. Uh, but I like I like the roster still. I think people forget Steph, Clay, Dre, Wiggins, and Looney was, was the number one ranked starting lineup last year. It's just the problem was they couldn't hold leads. The bench couldn't hold leads, and that's you know. Chris Paul, I don't know how much Chris Paul helps on defense, man, but on offensive end, yeah, I I think he'll he'll definitely help. I think their offense might end up being OD this year, and people just don't see it because if Chris Paul's not on the floor, you still got to deal with Clay, you still got to deal with Steph, you still got to deal with Wiggins, and Wiggins is healthy. Another thing people keep forgetting, Gary Payton the second was not healthy last year. Yep. Wiggins missed over half of the season. If these guys are healthy for 60, 65 games, I think that's the top two, top three seed. Depending on how much, you know, they didn't take the regular season serious last year. You can tell that. They didn't take it seriously because they won a championship. But now that they lost, we know Steph. We know Steph. So, uh, I, I definitely see, you know, top four. I agree with Peagle, top four seed. So. Well, thanks, Peagle, for jumping in with us. The newest entrant into the DAR Invitational. We will be right back with our next presenter. We about to show about DAR. Are you with me? It's your time. The host fine. We smooth like wine. And I'm looking at my watch. It's about that time. We just make you wanna dance all night long. We just make you wanna move all night long. Yo, DAR Sports Media, we've been killing it. We got three, four, five, six different people so far coming and talk about this NBA stuff. But I got to get my peoples on. I ain't get my, my dogs on. I got my man Nate here representing his Oklahoma City Thunder. And I got my, my man Tay here. He is talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. First thing I'm going to do, I'm going to kick it over to Nate first. He been, he's a diehard OKC Thunder fan. I don't understand We it. die for this shit, man. I don't understand it. If Shay say <laughs> jump, I jump. <laughs> but like this, I, I we said this on the show a couple of times before. We think OKC is due for make a you know kind of like a breakout season. You know, what I mean, they got a lot of you know young core. They got a lot of you know good young players. Nate, what's your take on the OKC Thunder this year? What you think your realistic take? Because I know you like to like to you like to say crazy crazy shit. So what's your realistic <laughs> take? Your realistic. Um... Take it all depends. It all depends on check. It all depends on uh Hogan. If he could have a good season, we're gonna win at least 46, 47 games minimum. I don't know what's the over under of, of the wins, but uh I'll take the over. Yeah, that would definitely fan duel. Yeah, 46, 47, definitely over. Definitely over. They had the Grizzlies at number one, I think, with 48. So definitely over. So who okay, so you said Chet. What do you think is the ceiling for like the you know SGA, Giddy? Um, I mean, 
they 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 got they got a they got a nice little squad. So what do you think is the ceiling for for like the top players? I mean, shit, as you can already see, SGA is he already top top three, top five, whatever you want to say. Um, when it comes to Giddy, it's hard because I don't think he's gonna be who he can be on this team. I just think it's uh, especially with the emergence of Jalen Williams, it, it's gonna be tough for him to really be who he can be. I think he's gonna be uh held back in uh some certain ways. Uh, J Dub, uh, Jalen Williams, he really he's gonna hit that sophomore slump. Right? I mean, every player hits it. Uh, so it's like with him. If he could just give us 10, 12 points, that's good. But it's really going to be chat. He's going to be the missing key, the missing piece. Now, you said 46 to about 47 wins. What do you think is – I mean, 46, 47 wins should be a playoff team. So, yeah. do you think they're going to be a play-in team with, with those amount of wins, or do you think they're going to actually, you know, be a top six seed and then – Grow from there. What you think? I see you smiling. You got to say something. <laughs> because okay, see, so it'll be a top four team team this season. Top four. I'm calling okay. it now. Top four. Okay. And, and she will be winning MVP. And what's, and what's the? That's a that's a heavy that's a heavy statement. But if that's the case, what they doing in the playoffs? You think they're gonna do in the playoffs? Um. Second round, maybe best, but uh, it, it depends on who we face uh, in that first round. Uh, the team don't got too much experience, uh, but you know, second round, that like, second round be like a great, great playoffs uh, series. I mean, okay. we could win the championship, cool, I could win some money from it, but that's not happening this year. But I appreciated that you brought up betting and making money. <laughs> uh just 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 when you're referencing it. But so you got it here, Oklahoma City Thunder. Nate says top four seed, 46 plus wins, and second round team. If they win a championship, he's gonna win some money off of that, which we're gonna rob him for. So that's all good. Uh Nate I stay I stay with the Glock on me, man. You ain't never touched a gun in your life. Now uh, now, now, the real question is, Nate, we know you've been doing your streaming thing. Go ahead and put it out there for them so they can know where to find you at and stuff oh, like shit. that. Oh, shit. You can follow me on Twitch at Shut Up Nate Down. I take, a lot of, I, take, I take a lot of credit for that name because I know I that. I mean, <laughs> you ain't the first person to say shut up, so. I know. But I definitely say shut up Nate Down more than anybody else <laughs> in the chat. I feel like. But, nah, so make sure y'all follow Nate's uh, Twitch. He, he be streaming on there. He be running on 2K a lot. Um. But got to bring my mans on, you know, Baltimore representing. Got my man Tay. Got my man Tay on here. He's talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Really, we talk about the Timberwolves. There's only one player you really focus on out here, and and that's Anthony Edwards. But Tay, what's your take on the the Wolves this season? Um, I see him as still a playoff team. I think maybe, you know, seven or eight seed. I think Ant will take the next step, though. I really, you know what I mean? I, 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 even though USA basketball ain't do much, I like him taking that, you know, kind of the leader role. So I think he's definitely going to step up and be 
he's definitely going to be an all-star, and he's definitely going to take the next step of being a superstar in the league. He ain't dead yet. I think he's a star, but I think he's going to take a lead, take that leap to being a superstar. I don't really see much from the Timberwolves. I, you know, Cat, I really don't I really don't see much in him. I, I think he'll he'll He's a solid player, but I don't think he's that guy that's going to take, you know, put a team on his back. I think at the start of that team. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a, they make a deal. Now, I don't know if it's going to be Cat or if it's going to be somebody, you know, but uh, I definitely see them making a move or trying to make a move to get somebody to get maybe Cat out of there or somebody else out of there. But they have seven to eight seed with their, with their current roster if they keep it the way they is. But I don't see much from that other than that. Are right, you said seven to eight seed? You think they're first round exit then when they're seven? Yeah, to most, AC? De- most definitely, most definitely. Unless, I, unless, like I said, Ant take that next step, then it's possible he could put them in the, on his. But I think he, I think he have a, a, a big talent, so I think he's definitely going. Like I said, take that next start, next that, that next step to being a superstar. So if he do that, then I can see them possibly upsetting somebody. But it all depends on who they face. You know, what I mean, if they face Golden State or the Lakers or somebody like that. I don't know because they got too much experience and that kind of thing. But if they playing somebody's, you know, OKC or you know one of the other younger teams in the West, I could possibly see them making it. But they they definitely have seven or eight seed. I can see they got too much. They got too much scoring and too much time to not make the playoffs. But I don't see them making much noise other than that. Okay, okay. Well, before I let you let you go, Tay, uh, you got anything you want to promote? Anything you want you want to tell people follow you? Anything you got coming? Anything like that? No, just follow me on Twitter, Four Eyes Tay One, and also follow my sports page, Stoner Tay, on on Instagram. I mean, on on Twitter. That's that's basically it. Not 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 too. Heavy. What about the uh, white woman page, man? I know you got one. I know you got a burner, man. I know you got a burner. Get out of here, man. Go ahead, cut that out, this man. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm gonna keep that one. I'm gonna keep that one. But no, nah, man, appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all, boys, for coming on. We'll be right back with the next segment. I would think that bridge music that you all just heard is going to give you a little clue on what we're rolling into next. We had to get one of the goats out for the Bulls. We got a goat talking about the Bulls. We have honored guest joining us, Phil from Grapsity. He's going to tell us what you guys need to know about the Chicago Bulls coming up this season. Um. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I sometimes feel like a jaded Chicago Bulls fan and that uh, I was here for all of the, the wins. I was here for the heyday. And we've never quite reached that height again. And uh, we've had good moments. We've had seasons where um, I was excited and I was ready to go. We're heading back to the championship. You couldn't tell me nothing in 2011. I thought we were going back to the championship. Uh, but uh, I've learned a long time now as a Bulls fan that uh, temper your expectations and that would be my best advice for people. Temper your expectations with this team. Um, I think somewhere around 42, 44 wins is about, it's about my guess. 
Um, so somewhere near where they were last year. I don't think much has changed. They haven't they haven't added enough in comparison to last year to make me feel like they're going to be that much better. Um, I, I do like Javon Carter. I think he's going to be a good pickup for them. Um, I think he's, I think he's solid, but they still don't have that guy that feels like a starting point guard. Um, and I think that's going to be the biggest issue. I think not having Lonzo has been an issue for the last few years, but they haven't managed to bring anybody to fill that void. Any uh, emerging players that you you want people to know about before the season starts to kind of get an idea of who they might be looking for or the way this team might look different uh, pushing forward into from last season into this season? Um, I'm curious because it seems like they have high hopes for um, uh, not Io, but the other point guard they have coming off the bench, Kobe, Kobe White. It seems like they have high hopes for him because they they jumped out the gate and re-signed him. They re-signed him before Io, surprisingly. Um, like there was even question if they were going to bring Io back. Um, and for people that don't know, Io DeSumo was was their rookie. He's only been in the league for about three years, but Kobe has been in the league a little bit longer. So I was surprised that they gave Kobe a contract. Um, Kobe, I thought improved a lot last year on defense. Um pretty solid shooter as well. Um, maybe I would I would have keep an eye out for him. I, I'm curious to see what he does this year. I'm curious to see how much I.O. progresses. Um, I think probably the biggest question mark coming into the season is probably uh, Patrick Williams because um, this is a contract year for him. Um, what are you going to get out of him? Um, are you going to keep moving forward him with him or are you going to you know jump off the pot with him? I kind of don't think he's going to improve that much, but we'll see. Contract year, so he's got to show and prove. So you said 40 to 45 wins. See him as a playoff team. Do you think they're going to be able to make a playoff run? Uh, I think they're going to be able to make it into the playoffs. Um, based off of last year, they were one away from being in the playoffs. Um, I think that they can get there, but I don't see them making this big um uh, meteoric push or something like that. I think they're probably going to be a first round exit, if anything. Got you. This was Phil from Grapsity. Uh, I think they got some big things going on around their channel, like they always do. Definitely be staying tuned to them. Phil, thanks a ton, man, for giving us your time. Appreciate you. Yeah, nigga. I'm still fucking with you. Still waters run deep. Still Snoop Dogg and D.R.A. Guess who's back? Steve. Still doing that shit, Andre? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Check me out. It's still Dre Day, nigga. AK, nigga. Though I've grown a lot, can't keep it home a lot. Cause my freak. And now it is showtime because we have a Lakers correspondent in the house. Nick Andre, Love of the Game podcast, has been so kind to give us his time once again and he is here gonna give the rundown on the los angeles lakers let us know who we need to be looking out for this year on the lakers i i don't they don't have very many super famous players so you know you'll have to enlighten us on that <laughs> uh let us know what we need to be looking out for the lakers what your expectations are um in general anybody out there what do they need to know about the los angeles lakers it's showtime well, obviously, when you talk about who to look out for, I mean, I guess, I guess we could start with the old head of the of the of the team in the NBA, Mr. LeBron James, heading into year twenty one. 
Um, he may not be top five in the NBA as of right now, but, you know, watching Braun through our training camp, man, you know, he still shows to be able to play at a high level. But, however, this is going to be a big year for AD. You know, I'm looking to see if he could play at least 65, 75% of the season because I think it's crucial. I think, that, I think that the Lakers need to run the offense through him and allow him to be the number one option, not even just offensively, but on both ends of the floor. So, Obviously, Braun going into year 21, we're, we're still expecting him to play at a high level, but this is going to be a big year for AD in particular. You know, I think that as like the Lakers cannot get far without the presence of and the dominance of Anthony, Anthony Davis. You know, it was the, it was a reason why they got to the conference finals last year. You know, give credit to the rest of the team. The rest of the team played well, but this is going to be a big year for Anthony, Anthony Davis. So I'm really I'm expecting him to have a really good year since, uh, this year. Any emerging names that may not be as well known to the audience that you think are going to make a big impact for the Lakers? Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent, who came from Miami last year, played a pivotal role with that team, uh, getting to the finals. Not even his last year, but over the past few years. You know, he's a G League guy who, you know, shined under shined under Eric Spolstra the past few years. And if you know Eric Spolstra, he knows how to get the best out of these young G League guys. So that's a guy that I think – will take immense pressure off of the other guys like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, uh, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, and, you know, the list goes on and on. So Gabe Vince is one of those guys to me, you know, he's a, he's a terrific shot maker. He's a great playmaker. Uh, so I, if I'm Laker fans, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the move that uh, of signing him this off season. And, you know, I think he's going to have a really good year this year. Win expectation, playoff run expectation. What do you think? Win expectations. I'm gonna say I'm gonna give the Lakers. I'm gonna give them 45 wins this year. Uh, I know many people may have them a little bit higher than that, but to me, this is a good roster. But I don't think that this is a roster that's gonna win you a championship. I don't know if this is gonna be the same dominant team that took place last year at the second half of last season, and then ended up making a run run at the conference finals. So, 45 and 37 for the Lakers is kind of fair with this roster. And I'll say their ceiling is the semifinals. They get they get to the second round. Wow! So a, a popular phrase on this pod and other episodes before we started getting Nick Andre second round squad. That's what you think of of, of the second Los Angeles. All right, hey, I mean, hey, but that's that's from the expert himself, uh, Nick Andre. We appreciate you. You can catch him. Love the game podcast. He has a laundry list of links on his page on Twitter. Please click it up. See what he can do for you. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. All right, everyone. Well, we thank you for joining in with us for part one of the DAR Invitational. If your team was not covered on this opening one, don't you worry because we've got a part two coming out next Monday. And it will feature not only the rest of the teams, but also overall NBA thoughts from a couple of guest experts who are going to weigh in on it. Thanks again for joining us. And just remember, the three albums that are out, DefineArevolution.com has a bunch of awesome articles going up, including the Axeman Jeff Axel's NBA preview. We've got our NBA pods. We've also got another big episode of DAR Sports Media Ultra coming out this week with Mr. Anthony King, so many big things. Thank you for listening to the NBA pod. And remember, the DAR sports media world never stops.
My movement and my mental kept my wins low, yeah, I'm supposed to prove how copping a fill on greatness helped me imprison the notable opposition that's trying to spark with my vision. I'm wine Asian, later low, I show call with time, it's like emotional, been coachable and learn from my old heads. I treat being amazing like an emergency code red, can raise your name and pimp the game and I keep that whole fed. My first book was to come up, the sequel reeks of the Monet like Ghost Kid, I paved the way. On top of that, I laid a gravel path, very generational curses to that, I raised the glass, grew a family garden, we all eat and we wave the flag, trying to run the store, not just make the bag, I hate to brag about a victory, if history tells me that I lost the war, can't just focus on the battles, that's too small, I need the larger picture, the bigger, the more it's vivid, slow the shade in five, nine seconds, under a minute, you finish. Chains only the strongest and weakest link, and rapping as a job ain't as easy as people think, I was on the brink, drove the overeating drink, throwing everything at this career except the kitchen sink, every line stone rubbish, Websites won't publish. Somehow this dope without a controlled substance. But everybody fronting and won't nobody back you. Everyone you rap to was telling you you that dude trapped between two worlds. Slowly getting ripped apart. Just hoping that this is the start of my redemption arc. I was trying to live the part. Show the industry my heart. But they get the smelling blood when you swimming with the sharks. And that's when I decided I wasn't gonna follow rules. Got back to my roots just like Apollo Crews. Now my team steady winning every day. We got some news. Parker Lewis on them fools. Trust me, I'm not gonna lose. Let's I'm go. I'm walking number two. Making the boat and I'm breaking the back of the boat. They love to my culture. I'm jumping the closer. Give them the smack of the dose of the blows. I hustle the flow. These muscles are swole. Kicking the dough. I got in the mode to get in the game and move like a pro. Boss says, go hard at it. Bring all habit. Joe, check them better. Just fall back with they all average. Gotta get savage. Bring the monster out. The little kid in mama's house. Need to grow up and walk in his promise now. Shit was ominous, trapped in this cage, passing through grave, search for prominence. Stuck in my ways, trusted a maze of certain dominance. Just to get paid, what could you say? I work for all of this. Really, a chapter full of confusion. Bruce's lacerations on this plantation full of seclusion. In a world of assumptions, guess I'm full of conclusions. Recruited through every student. English that was improved, including my own way of life. Trite starts and compartments. Harder for blacker artists on bash results and targets. The bullseye was knowing my passion truly engulfed me, but could I? Put words into action, moving too faulty like should I? Emerge from this rap and move it up off me, or would I? These labels and factors truly insult me, so I made a path for my own dollars and cents. You could place me some checks, tracking the throne will follow your strengths. If you chasing success, have it be known how you submit when you facing your reps. Greatness in flesh, now we in print, yeah.